Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. It's Wrestling Daft, it's The Marks, hailing from Larbert, weighing in at about £184 now I think, I've been doing 5k a day for charity this month so the weight's starting to come off a wee bit, um, I'm John, uh, producer of Wrestling Daft, host of this very show, uh, with me a man who is a bigger disappointment than the end to the John Moxley-Kenny Omega match at Revolution, it's Big Alex. I have nothing to say to being called a massive disappointment straight off the bat, apart from... You're, that, you're bigger, you're bigger than the disappointment, the disappointment <laughs> was big and you're bigger than that disappointment. I'm still offended. Oh, apologies. Um, we'll talk about revolution. Um, you know how I get into that kind of, always talk, complain about we're going back in time and stuff, I thought we'd do it in chronological order this week so when we get to the buddies and putovers a bit later we'll talk about revolution then there's a lot to discuss uh, and a man who will be discussing that in full uh, is a man who's been got a bit of a pop on twitter from none other than hurricane helms this week after the following joke uh, i will give you the comedy musings of gary cassidy give us your joke gary well, not only did I pop Hurricane, I also popped MVP. Um, but the, the Hurricane one, I actually need to find it again because I can't remember what joke it was because I've been doing about three water. every day. It involved water. I don't want to ah. give you the punchline. Boiled. Uh, um, oh, yeah, I, it was just RIP, boiled water, you will be missed. Uh, <laughs> but I popped Hurricane, so that's all that matters. Don't care if you guys on there amused. What what views who have you beat? <laughs> is it is this like a new daily Twitter feature that you're doing, like Gary's joke of the day? No, so uh, essentially I just used to stick like my Facebook, I just used to use for jokes. So every time I check my Facebook memories at midnight, I'm like, fucking reuse that, recycle the old jokes, why not? <laughs> um but the, the one that popped MVP was actually a new one. Uh, I don't know if you have seen that. WWE filed a trademark for their next takeover and it'll be called Takeover Stand and Deliver so I was like whoever uh, thought up of that must have been adamant because oh, Adam and <laughs> like, that, well, that one's much better I'll actually give you credit for that it's a very smart uh, look up the 80s if you don't get that joke um, <laughs> or, or what we call John's teen era <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Sharp, you don't give my age I mean, I could have said I could have said something much worse. I could have said like the era of John's midlife crisis or something like that. But <laughs> nah, I stuck with something true. a little bit more that's chronologically not accurate. Not that one. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I think you should keep this going, Gary. In fact, we should maybe create a, a, a new feature on wrestling, Daft the Marks, called Gary's Joke of the Week, and we'll hand over the mic in a stand-up style to you to perform a joke. But the preface says it needs to be some sort. There needs to be some sort of wrestling connection to the joke. Are I'm you up to that. I am up to that. 
Right, okay, I like it. Well, we'll start off the show every week with a comedy, a uh, bit of comedy from Gary. I think we'll, we'll do it. Start from next week. Gary's joking. Aye. <laughs> I can't do it this week. <laughs> I need some Very Alan Partridge. I love it. I love it. Um, so there you go. Look forward to that this week. Uh, shout out, by the way, before we get into the show, uh, last week about this time on the show, we were talking about how people should spot to random signs because it's WrestleMania season. Just point to signs and pretend you're at WrestleMania. So shout out to Craig Fryett who pointed to a sign saying Craig Dam, which is presumably where he's from up north. Um, so yeah, keep those coming in if you can, the road to WrestleMania. We just want you to point at random signs. Um, get us on our Twitter at Wrestling Daft uh, for that. That would be wonderful. Um, we'll have all this usual stuff on the show. As I mentioned, we'll be doing burning and putting over. Uh, we've got our tag team, our Mark's tag team of Rico and Bronze Chill, who will be handling Smackdown for us as we deal with the other we shows. give them a better tag team name than that. We'll talk to them. Let's get to that when we get to them, see if we can decide on a tag team name for them. Uh, we'll have all the latest news from Gary. Uh, and this week, we promised that last week, we will have John Moxley, the interview with Gary, uh, where we've basically had to edit out all the stuff that he talked about Revolution. Um, but there's some real good chat in there, especially like the bit where basically Gary talks about comparing it took ages comparing wrestling matches to music. Um, it's I had to get to admit he liked Taylor Swift and he just wasn't having it. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, wasn't, he wasn't having that. You'll hear that interview in full uh, as Gary caught up with John Moxley a bit later on. But first, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, okay. This is kind of inspired by Gary's Twitter this week because I saw him <laughs> posting a picture uh, up. Um, you'd put up a, you know... You were drinking coffee, you were pulling an all-nighter, watching AEW Revolution uh, at the weekend, and you post up a picture of some coffee you were drinking, and it was called Death to Gee Decaf, which I liked. No, no it was Death Before Decaf. Death Before Aye, Decaf. Wasn't it? You, you made it sound like I drink non-decaf, like uh, some crazy man. Nobody drinks drinking coffee for the taste of coffee. Aye, <laughs> Aye and, and for that practical reason as well, but nobody drinks to- coffee for the taste of coffee. Coffee tastes terrible. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Are you trying to say that decaf is is the best coffee here? No, the worst. The worst. Right. Ah, exactly. Aye, exactly. Aye. Thank you. I thought. Sorry, I was confused <laughs> because that's exactly what I want to talk about this week. Is what is the point in decaf coffee? It's much like non-alcoholic alcohol. There is absolutely zero point in it. I mean. Listen, I've acquired the taste of beer, but when you first taste beer, you go, oh, that's not very nice. You know, you acquire a taste for it, you, you know, as it is whiskey as well. Um, and now you go into the shops, there's sections in the supermarket, shelves and shelves stacked with non-alcoholic gin, non-alcoholic vodka, non-alcoholic wine. What is the point? Like, really? I think, you... I think you're forgetting about a very important group of people who cannot drink or consume caffeine. Pregnant Wait, woman. Drink, as Gary says, coffee, Aye, in that case, just drink something that's no coffee. <laughs> exactly. Go and have a nice fruit juice. Fruit juice tastes lovely. You know, I love a can of iron brew. I love a can of coke. You know, a, a smoothie is a beautiful thing to taste. Why is alcohol free beer for me because it just tastes like beer flavored water? Like yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I like mean, so. Beer or anything. It's even after, after you've had like the second or third non-alcoholic beer, it just tastes weird. As someone who had to be on antibiotics last weekend, I tried some, and the first one was fine. The second yeah. one was not. 
Right. So there we go. Uh, I don't. Th- I I I get why you know from a, a perspective of you know you have your addictions and stuff and you still want to taste. And that's probably fine to do. But my God, there's a lot of non-alcoholic stuff and a lot of decaf, decaf coffee especially. What is the point? Like Gary says, it's like coffee's not the best tasting thing. It can be, it can be, but it's there for a purpose. It's there for a reason. And by removing the caffeine from that, the reason has gone. So I just want to cut a promo on decaf coffee, non-alcoholic drinks, get in the bin. That's all I'm saying. And I, I think you both are agreeing with me this week. I, although I actually, um, although I've never bought it in my life, I had that fond nostalgia just two days ago, actually, in the co-op next to me. And I was like, there's that caffeine-free Coca-Cola with a brown label that I've not seen for about 15 oh, wow. years. Uh, so I, like, I didn't buy it because, I mean, I'd just buy normal Coca-Cola like a normal person or Coca-Cola Zero unless you want to cut a promo on that. Um, but no, i just seen it and I was like, oh, I've not seen that for about 15 years. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think they'll ever release like a decaffeinated Red Bull? That was the point. Oh, there is one. Yeah. Uh, aye, there is one. There's, there's, no, there's, no, there's not. It's calorie free. Uh, ah, okay, like, so I was going to yeah, say, because people start to you know what's that? But it's uh, calorie free. It's not, yeah, 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 not caffeine free yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Because I mean, no one drinks like, energy drinks for the taste. That's just nonsense. It would be like, you know, giving going to a drug dealer and saying, oh, that's new stuff that's come in. <laughs> Doesn't do anything to you, but I tell you what, what's the point, you know? Anyway. <laughs> Don't do drugs. <laughs> Just imagine it now. John's <laughs> cocaine that simulates the feeling of taking cocaine up the nose, but none of the actual head experience. Don't do drugs. Perfectly do legal. Drugs. Love it. <laughs> so every week on Wrestling After March, we take a look back at the big wrestling shows. Um, Alex does AEW. Gary does Raw. I do NXT. And we now have a Marks tag team, the combined efforts of Mr. Bronze Chill and Rico, who will handle SmackDown for us. How are you doing, boys? Oh, good. Doing great yeah. yourselves? Yep, thank you very much, Paul. Uh, doing very, very well. And um, We were discussing at the start of the show that we should really start doing things in chronological order. So we are going to do Revolution, the pay-per-view, in the middle of... The buddies and putovers this week. So, if you've got any views on the buddies and putovers, I think we all know there's one big buddy coming for, from <laughs> that event. Um, but we'll get to that uh, when we get to that. But let's kick off uh, on the go home show to Revolution, and that is Big Alex and AEW Dynamite. Well, JR's current favourite saying seems to be restaurant quality for his picture in picture, but this was very much a pay per view quality event of Dynamite. And of course, we had the very big. Big debut of a very old big show, but with a lovely new t-shirt that kind of plays off his old name. And we also found out that uh, Tony Schiavone just can't give up on WCW and still wants to call him G. So go on, Tony. Go on. I love it. <laughs> First put over of the night. I've got to put over that opening tag team match. It was it was terrific, I thought, personally. Like, I was very surprised they started with it, but... Yeah, it was terrific. So, I mean, first of all, we learned that uh, Red Velvet is straight out of your mama's kitchen. So I don't know where that's located, but it's probably somewhere near Hell's Kitchen. And we also learned that Jade Cargill is actually Zeus with the amount of pose work and all the lightning bolts everywhere. That uh, straight out your mama's kitchen line, I think, has overtaken the uh, Orange Cassidy one. Mm. That's the I, I can't remember exactly what it is. It's like a... Oh... 
No, I need to. I need to Google it, but it might be the best intro. The straight out your mama's kitchen. I think yeah, that. That's up there. For anyone who hasn't seen it, they <clears throat> they let the two women wrestle the majority of the match, <clears throat> to which I both thought they did a terrific job. I mean, don't get me wrong, there was a certain shade of green going on there, but that was mainly on Shaq. <laughs> there was setting up. I think Shaq only really had one or two big spots in the end, didn't he? Like he got a big power bomb, and then he had his big spot at the end where he got knocked through a couple of tables. And other than that, his other big involvement was his inability to actually stand in the corner. So they should have maybe got the FTR tag ropes out for that one. But yeah, it was great. Cody even got like his big Hulk Hogan moment slamming Shaq and stuff. So yeah, I, 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 would, cool. I would have to say the spot with Shaq looked great. I thought he took it really, really well. Yeah, was, I, I love the table spot and also yeah. the, the power bomb with the Brody Lee tribute beforehand. I thought it looked like, obviously, Jade Cargill, I was like, you've just blown me away with this because you look absolutely amazing in the ring. Like, even just everything was really smooth. But Shaq, I thought he'd done everything well apart from moving. Like, <laughs> considering there was a 70 year old man on the card that looked more agile than him later on the show, it was like, oh, I'm gone. If you just had that wee bit more agility, you would have, like, again, blown me away the same way Jade Cargo did. But I'm like, for a basketball player, you're, <laughs> you're not the smoothest at moving. I, I think he probably tried to not overshadow Jade as well. And did you notice at the end when Shaq was lying on the tables, Jade just celebrated the victory and posed in the middle of the ring? Didn't yep. get any point over at Shaq and be like, are you all right, bro? Just just left him, just left him there lying. And then we got the beautiful moment where Shaq couldn't fit in the ambulance. And so, yeah, just just terrific, just terrific all around. Loved every part of it. Um, my bury of the week, because there, there wasn't really anything to bury on the show. So I have to bury myself, because last week I pronounced Ryu Mizunami's name, Ryu Miyazaki, as if she was the director of Studio Ghibli. So I apologize for that. And that is that corrected. My other bury is basically to do with this first game they released being some kind of casino mobile application, which is very against what Kenny Omega said when he was going to respect the video games industry with his AEW stuff, but that's a different comment for a different It's game. also just a pre-existing casino game that people found with AEW. I don't even want to say AEW branding on it because it's got zero AEW branding. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's poor. It's a really poor effort. <laughs> I mean, next they're going to be sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends, but I mean... <laughs> Come on now, come on now. Um, put over number two of the week, the MJF Chris Jericho press conference section. I mean, we did have the original podfather of all wrestling, Mr. Conrad Thompson, come out. And what was Jericho's line? Was it turkey tits or something along <laughs> yes. those lines, I believe? <laughs> and then and the Eric Bischoff-Chris Jericho 25-year rivalry also continues with Bischoff again asking the most cutting of questions. So, I mean, it was really on point. And the quote of the night has to again go to Jericho for how he referred to the young bucks, which was, I've had to write this down, malnourished Matthew and not so slick, I wish my hair was more thick, Nick. Which, yeah, again, absolutely on point. And, <laughs> and yeah, we got the classic young bucks rebuttal. But um, I think at the moment in my head, Nick Jackson is becoming one of the best promos in all of wrestling. Like every week he's just, don't Nick, not Nick, Matt Jackson. I was going to say, I, I loved everything about that segment, apart from Nick Jackson's promo. <laughs> <laughs> like, Matt has become, Matt's been really elevating his promo work, and his hair is looking terrific at the moment. But Nick, not so, yeah, it's, it, was, it yeah. wasn't so great. It wasn't so great. But what can we say? Match of the night has to be the return to the ring of Tully Blanchard <laughs> coming out with his 10 pounds of silver. I bet you that would have got Rab happy and JJ Dillon just to really kind of ramp up 
that four horsemen. And then we got the big moment where Tully managed to hit his own finisher and get the pin and the reveal that Sean Spears is very much back. And they're kind of, I'm kind of wait expecting them to see a fourth man in that group now. Cody. Yeah. Yeah, you think he, this is the big... Just because Arden has done yeah, the point. Sense, uh, that, was, that was only uh, the, the only the reason I thought. Cody's that. already got a stable with about 18 gazillion people in it. <laughs> Like, I mean, I don't know where the nightmare family stops and ends, to be honest. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Sean Spears is a strange one, is it? has been really stop start for him, and he's never really kind of got going in AEW. He's just a guy that I don't, I, I find it really hard to be invested in him. And I thought, they, I thought they'd got me when they'd done the, you know, obviously it was a bit of a botch, but the chair shot thing, I thought they'd started to get me invested in him then, but I just can't get invested. Like, he's really good in the ring, just. Just not that exciting. But the one thing I loved about that match, apart from the fact that Tully didn't they just look brown in the ring? His attire was amazing as well. But FTR also had the NWA tag team championships, like the old ones. Yeah. I was like, I think good old Conrad has brought his collection because I'm pretty sure he's got a, a meaty belt collection. So I was like, ah, that's why you're there. You've been flown in to bring some props. <laughs> it's weird seeing um, Conrad being involved with the AEW, you know? I mean, he obviously does all the... Po- I mean, I don't know how that guy does it. You know, I do quite a lot of podcasts, but Conrad Thompson does about 100 podcasts, man. I and runs a mortgage company. And runs well. a mortgage company. But, um, yeah, fair play to him. Um, it's interesting to see uh, his involvement with AEW, but I guess, that you know... He does. Like, there's, there's a lot of history there with... I mean, the way they were originally promoting StarCast, it was almost... I mean, it was never linked but it was kind of linked to Double or Nothing and stuff when they were doing those shows. And obviously now all of his podcasts, apart from, I'll take it, the Pritchard one's still going. The rest of them are all AEW now, like Arn, Shivani, just JR, yeah. you know, it's... He started one with Kurt Angle as well, you know, it's mental. Well, did it, was Grilling JR not the sponsor of something quite recently on AEW? Probably, probably. I'm sure it was. I'm sure probably. there was something about that. Um, Cool, Alex, thanks for that. Uh, let's move on to NXT. Now, first of all, I've got to hold my hands up and I've got to put a buddy out straight away to my mate um, who's logging to BT Sports. Ever since they obviously moved, NXT kind of moved off the network and it's now like a week in lag in, in, on the network, so you don't get the latest episode to about a week later. So I've been using my mate's BT Sports account because I'm obviously too stingy to invest in it myself. And he's either changed the password or he's, he keeps saying, you you need to upgrade your package. So I'm going to be on the phone to him after this. So I'm doing this week's NXT. I've seen half of it. Then I stopped and I went to come back to watch the rest today. And he's obviously fucked his account. So Buddy and my mate is BT Sport uh, account uh, for him not upgrading it. But I have uh, I caught up on the highlights. Um, so I've only seen half of it. Uh, and I've caught the rest at reading various bits and bobs and watching the highlights online or on YouTube. So apologies going forward for this bit. But um, yeah, let's start off with a um, couple of... Uh, Put over, well, start with a put over from the show. The chance of, I think I spoke about Imperium and you know the fact they're missing water and you know what's the point in Imperium without water? And it looks like they're going back to old ring camp days. Um, it was kind of a hinted and alluded to. You saw Timothy Thatcher backstage with Eichner, um, and then Imperium standing on the ramp at the end of the Thatcher Champa Birch Lorkin match. I think putting him. In amongst that, and as some sort of leader of Imperium, while water isn't there, and, and then water comes over, and there's maybe some sort of warfare there. I think that's a smart move. Um, because uh, Thatcher's kind of it's weird, it's a weird one with Timothy Thatcher. He's kind of 
he's been in, he's been out, he's you know shaking it all about. Uh, but you know he's he's found himself now in a tag team with Champa, and it's all a bit. It's been back and forth with him, so I think that would give him focus because I think he's great when he you know been that big bruiser in the ring. So yeah, looking forward to that. Um, couple of uh, buddies before we move on to um, a couple of putovers. Um, you know what? It really gets me with Spanish wrestlers, right? They come out, they cut a promo, but then they'll say something Spanish in the middle of it, and then they'll just return to saying something in English. I don't know why they do that. I don't know. They either speak in Spanish or they speak in English, and then they just kind of flip-flop between Spanish and English. Rey Mysterio does it as well. I don't know why. I just, I don't... Say what you like about uh, Sin Cara, but he used to speak in English and Spanish and translate his own promo, like, line for line. The only thing is, he wore a mask that covered his mouth, so you couldn't fucking hear what he was saying. (laughs) He used to to translate his own promos, and I was like, that's brilliant, because that's, like, an educational tool rather than just being a a promo (laughs) cut. (laughs) Do do that rather than cutting half half a line in in Spanish and then do it. Yeah, Sin Cara's got right. It's educate via wrestling as well. Um... Not sure if we're going with this Gargano way versus Dexter Loomis, and they were doing a skit with a role in therapy, and it was just a bit shite. I thought didn't like that. Um, plenty of put over so uh, from the show. I think there's, I don't know what we'll talk about it in the news later, but Adam Pierce was involved in NXT. I don't know if any of you guys seen that. Um, now it. He kind of brought like a raw referee down in the on comms. They made a big kind of point of it. It was a raw referee and stuff like that uh, during the the uh, women's tag match. Now we'll talk about it in the news, but there is hints of a potential NXT tag women's tag title. Which if they if they do with the NXT women's tag title, what they do with the actual women's tag titles? What is the point? But what I would like to see is I thought maybe hinted at something more. Now, Gary, you. Might maybe know more about this about some sort of interpromotional thing upcoming because he didn't obviously do it in Survivor Series this year. Down Good line. question. Uh, I, I was confused when that like I, that was one of the few matches that I turned around to watch because I was pretty certain there was going to be a title change in it. Yeah. So I was like, right, it's it's time. <laughs> it was time months ago, but it's time. Um, and then that, that bit kind of confused me because I was like, oh, Adam Pierce normally that like. They did try and do the NXT integration thing last year or two years ago now, and then they completely avoided it, like you said, with Survival Series. I've, I don't I have no idea, um, because when I heard about the NXT women's titles thing, I'm just like, what? why? Surely just put the actual women's titles on them, and then that means that you can yeah. showcase NXT on Raw and SmackDown. And yeah, exactly. But I, I really hope they don't actually, I, I think they are going to do it, but I really hope they don't do that. But I've not heard anything about them actually doing like, warfare between Raw and, Smack, uh, Raw and SmackDown, Raw and NXT, but it might make sense if the other rumour is true that NXT's moving to Tuesdays. Uh, which... Why is NXT going to have so much more belts now, though? Because it's going to have two tag team belts. It's going to then have a women's belt, a men's belt, a men's middleweight belt, and then a men's cruiserweight belt. It's getting, a, it's getting another show. and a, Well, kind of. It's getting the Evolve show as well so i'm gonna guess that they're gonna have maybe ah, you count 205 it. live <laughs> um and i guess actually i will have three shows but obviously people don't really watch 205 
live. I'm amazed it's still going, but yeah. And it's not live. Live, live, and it's fucking pre-recorded. So yeah, um, I uh, interesting. I, 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 I don't know where they'll, they'll go with it, but I, I'd like to see something happen there. And uh, I thought Gonzalez actually in that match was was great, and it is again just against Basler and Jacks and stuff. I thought she looked great. So yes, um, enjoyed that. Um, Match of the night. Um, I managed to see this because I've actually got the full match up online of Roddy Strong versus Finn Bauer. Um, I think Roddy Strong as a singles competitor, I always think he was brilliant. You know, he's not the strongest on the mic. He never has been. That's why he's obviously kind of was under the kind of umbrella of um, the UE. But I thought that match was great. I mean, Finn Bauer makes everyone look great, but Roddy Strong just brilliant in that. So. Big up that match um, and big up the oncoming Civil War with the Undisputed Era as well. Um, let's move on to our tag team. Um, we're going to have to think of a name for you guys. We're related to it there. Uh, <laughs> any suggestions? Rico and Bronze Chills. You know, it's like when they take two separate people and, you know, in WWE, and it's like you just Cesaro and uh, Sheamus eventually called themselves to the bar, but when you, you know, like Ziggler and Rude and stuff like that. So Bronze Chill and, you know, Rico. We need to think of a tag team for you. I think you should spend the, the last fifteen minutes Sorry, Alex. I, I spent the last fifteen minutes trying to make up names. So I've got a wee list. Right. So far, the ones I've got very simple, very simple. Uh, the bar, which is Bron- Bronze and Rico. There's the yeah. New Age Mark Laws. There's <laughs> the Wrestling Daftly Boys. Right. Uh, bronze i'm assuming you're under 40 years of age i am yes <laughs> we both look very sprightly so the w uh, wd under 40 there is wmb <laughs> which is wrestling mark staffed and then just <laughs> rnb which we call him bronze so that's all i've got i, I I'm, I'm quite liking the new age mark clause i'll be honest with you that's the one that popped me Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, sold. New Age Mark was absolutely sold on that. Right, okay, so welcome. Uh, if you guys want to do a buddy and put over each from this week's SmackDown, that'd be great. Let's kick off with you, Bronze. So we'll go over the buddies first. Um, I'm going to make it short and sweet. I want the buddy Reginald for appearing in three or four segments. Um, long story short, he's obsessed with Sasha, got fired by Carmella, and Nia Jax wants to pump him. There are so many, <laughs> so many talented female superstars sitting on the sidelines, like Bailey, the Riot Squad, Natalia, Billy Kane, Peyton Royce, and this got so much TV time. It's it's got to go in the bin. I'm sorry. And they've just pure shoehorned them into a rivalry that didn't need them whatsoever. If they're going to have them in the Sasha and Bianca thing, like I love the guy. I think he's so talented, but please yeah. <laughs> just don't don't have him like in every women's angle. It's as yeah, if they saw um, like their work with James Ellsworth and was like, we want to go back to that. that that's a great show. Mm-hmm. Hope we get an interaction at WrestleMania between Reginald and James Ellsworth. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 Oops, pass over to Rico. All right. Well, we're, we are obviously as a tag team. I love how you just tagged <laughs> them in there. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength, Bronze. I was going to bury uh, Reginald as well, but I'll go with something else. Uh, I'm going to bury um, the fact that there was apparently a, a tear in the space-time continuum and Buddy Murphy trying to get back by the side of Seth Rollins. 
Um, so he's just he's just finished with the Mysterios now, uh, trying to hang out with Seth Rollins again. We've seen it all, didn't work. Um, do something else. You know what it is? It's just that that pink jacket has just got like attractive quality. (laughs) It's just bringing everyone back to set slowly but surely. Right. I mentioned two weeks ago that it was wearing Matt Hardy's jacket. I'm pretty sure it was wearing Charlotte Flair's jacket this week because Charlotte Flair wore that suit like two weeks ago and I'm like, not too sure that it looked like it was the right fit for (laughs) Seth Rollins. Looked like it had maybe just wore Charlotte Flair's clothes. So I'm keeping an eye on it. It's a Seth Rollins wardrobe check. We need to... uh, to make that thing. I think he's just, just created a rumor about Seth Rollins and Charlotte Flair there, <laughs> considering he's a new father. That's maybe not the man you want to be targeting here with your rumors, Gary. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Heard it here first. <laughs> and so we'll go over to the putovers. Um, really good SmackDown. There wasn't an, actually an awful lot to bury. Um, so I'll go over the obvious. Um, SmackDown starting with Daniel Bryan, cutting probably what is maybe the promo of his career saying that the main event for Fastlane is supposed to be him and Edge versus Roman and Uso in a tag match when no one had even consulted him. He says that when he saw Edge spear Roman and point at the sign, he felt like a complete failure because he'd obviously won the chamber and this could have been his last chance to main event WrestleMania. So the main event with SmackDown was Daniel Bryan versus Jay Uso. And if Daniel Bryan was to win... Uh, he would get a title shot against Roman at Fastlane. It was definitely the match of the night. Again, had a great finish. Daniel Bryan doing an arm drag into the yes lock. Uso got to the ropes, and because there was no DQ in the cage, Daniel Bryan kept the hold on and got the tap out win. Absolutely brilliant. So, hoping for possibly a triple threat match at Mania now. I don't think that it really needs Bryan in it, but you know, the possibility of seeing Edge, Daniel Bryan and Roman in a triple threat. You know, it's it's got the, the wheels turning. I want to see that. So. Yeah. One thing that was brilliant about that full segment, and obviously the promo was amazing, but the one thing I loved, and I always say it, I love it when wrestling at least tries to maintain like some kind of like disbelief suspension, and it done it brilliantly because they flashed up the graphic of the match that had never been announced. And it's like, well, of course you're thinking behind the scenes that you're making matches. So like, there's no reason we had to know that match announcement was coming. And they did, they do the thing that I mentioned wrestling fans always say, or bait and switch. They'd have been accused of that if they announced it. And they obviously didn't announce it. And it was just like, oh, Daniel Bryan's ruined our plans for this uh, match that we had planned. Like that's brilliant. I absolutely love it when they do things like that. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. And tagging Rico again. I feel like what's happened here, Bronze, is um, you have battered our opponents, our opponents, and uh, I'm just coming in to take the pin because uh, I think the exact same thing as what you said. Um, so I'm just scrolling through my list trying to find something else. Um, I'll go with, uh, I'll, I'll put over Apollo Cruz again. Um, I didn't want to again after last week, but I'm going to have to now. Uh, so he's come in with like Nigerian elite guard. Uh, he's got this big scary weapon thing with him, and he's speaking with a really heavy Nigerian accent now. And I'm okay with it. He's developed that in a week, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We won't mention that. We don't need to mention that. uh, He's going back to saying this is how he really sounds. He's embracing his ancestry. Um, Old Apollo already feels dead. And he threatened Big E an awful lot throughout his promos. Um, So, I mean, it feels obviously like they're going to have a match. And it made me feel like... 
the show really missed Biggie in that sense. Like he's the, he's one of the guys on the roster that just makes you smile every single week he comes on. He's, he always says something funny or he always does something um, or he always puts on a good performance in the ring. Um, and it's noticeable that he was away this week. So I was liking the fact that they ran a couple of packages to say that he'd be back next week. And uh, I'm assuming we'll get a confrontation between Apollo and Big E. So I'll put over the way that that rivalry is going and I'm, I'm looking forward to their match. What did you make about the? the, the I mean, obviously, the, I, th- I think Paul was a heel and, and changing to this character, which he did in the Indies. Gary, I'm right in saying it, didn't he? Yeah, it was uh, Johannation on the Indies, which was a very heavily African influenced. It was obviously uh, like harping back to his uh, Nigerian ancestry, but it wasn't as specifically Nigerian as Johannation. It was just a kind of general like ambassador for African culture. Right. Uh, I, I like everything about this character. A wee bit worried about the spear because we know how WWE deals with racial stereotypes not very well sometimes. Yeah, uh, so I'm a wee bit worried. Yeah. yeah, I'm slightly worried. I actually thought when I first seen him bringing it, I thought it was a shovel because it's really, really big. And I was like, he's going to cut a promo about being buried and I'm here for that. Then when I noticed it was a spear, I was like, oh, we'll wait and see. They've not done anything yet for me to be worried about. But just cautious, but the accent. Suddenly obsessed with these. The accent. Drew's got a sword, and now we've got. A yeah, <laughs> literally a spear. Maybe you should give it to Edge, or you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought the explanation for the accent was superb. I mean, the the execution was not amazing, uh, but the, the the actual explanation it was amazing. I loved that. Um, I actually the... thought the accent was alright. I thought. Uh. It was... <laughs> but I know, Aye, not I, sure. I wanted to see what they, they they do with his character, you know, with that. I, I mean, I like the, the kind of the, the the two guys kind of flanking him and all that. I thought that was cool visual. But um, again, it just goes down the stereotype route, doesn't it? And it's just like mm. the main thing is as a character. It's the one thing Apollo Cruz has been missing since they started well, with WWE. Exactly. Is it, like at least exactly. that as a character, so he can actually well, do you something. Can't blame them for being too stereotypical, considering it's a go back to the character he did play on the. Indie. So he's obviously comfortable playing it, and you've got to take a stereotype sometimes. Yeah, aye. He didn't have army guards or a spear on the Indies. That's the only thing I'll say. But, <laughs> but, but, but I will wait and see. I, like at least I think it's interesting, and that's more than you can say for the promos that he's been cutting before before the past few weeks. So yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's see match of the night. Let's see if you agree on your match for the night, Paul. Definitely the main event cage match. Yeah, snap. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That was uh, obviously Daniel Bryan. So we've got a uh, set up for next week. Is uh, is uh, Daniel Bryan is taking on uh, what? Fastly, it's going to be Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns. It is. Yeah. Be interested to see if that go. I don't. I can't see him doing a triple threat at WrestleMania. I can't see that happening. But like you say, you'd maybe want to see that. But then, would they put Daniel Bryan on the card at WrestleMania? Yeah. Something That's to do with Cesaro. Was Daniel Bryan on the WrestleMania card last year? Mm, trying to remember who he was <laughs> yeah I think he was because he was still pretty hot off his return I don't think it was anything too marquee I can't even think of who he was fighting last year on oh, body that's, that's the one thing I just realised that then I'm going I don't know uh, do you know what I think they put, give us the Daniel Bryan mismatch because you know give us that We've hey, always, Mrs. Miz and Morrison versus Bad Bunny and Damien Priest sounds oh, like it's, it's, it's going to be that. Well, yeah, of course it is yeah. going to be that. But he, he we, faced uh, Sami Zayn last year. Yeah, it was. 
So it was, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, so I know I'll be interested to see what they do with Daniel Bryan if they're not going to put him in that main event picture. We will see. We will see. Uh, let's move on then um, in chronological order. We'll go to the pay-per-view before we get to Gary and mm. Raw. Alex, um, you got very drunk and sat up and drank a bottle of tequila while watching Revolution. How was the pay-per-view? The pay-per-view was excellent. So are you going to get all have a berry and a put over then? Yeah, go for it. All right, we'll start. We'll start with the negatives. I won't start with the big negative. I'll leave it to someone else. I'll start with the negative that I thought. Well, not the biggest, but yes, the debut or the announcement of Christian Cage. Now, before Gary goes off on me for saying negative things about Christian, I'm, I'm kind of not happy about this for a couple of reasons. Right? One was the way they hyped it. I don't think Christian is is worth that hype. And the more I thought about it, the real reason I'm annoyed about it is this is going to take away from all the cool Edge storylines we could have had over in WWE. Like, I want to see Edge and Christian, like a rerun of that, more than I want to see a rerun of Christian Cage from TNA. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you on two things. One of them is I don't think the pay-per-view was excellent uh, for a starter. Wow. I, I, I thought it was pretty bad overall when I looked Just back. Just the tequila talking then, yeah. is it? Yeah, no, I'm thinking back. There was definitely three matches that weren't particularly good, actually, uh, I'm thinking about it, because the Miro-Chuck Taylor one was, was pretty... Meh. Um, and the main event, but I'll leave someone else to bury that. So um, oh, I, I thought one... it was oh, like it was mainly the pacing as well because we got to like, and I actually was kind of riding a wave at the point where I was like, another half, and I'm going, oh, it's not been too bad, and we've still got all this good stuff to come. And then, the, like the women's match, I'm I always say my least favorite thing about wrestling is the wrestling. So the fact that it was such like a brutal match that didn't have much story, or at least I didn't know the story as being like a kind of casual fan um, of like Joshi wrestling. I was like, oh, it's just a bit much for, for what I know it to be. And then the Matt Hardy Hangman Page match, while it was excellent, went way too long on that card. Yeah, they, they <sighs> do need to really trim their pay-per-view cards down. And with the way they're kind of stacking the dynamites before and after, I think they could have definitely trimmed a couple of matches off that card. Like... The, the tag team turmoil match really probably shouldn't have been on the card, but was actually no. one of the best matches of the night. So I'm kind of glad it was on the card. But yeah, I, th- I thought that it was weird because like Dynamite, I think the first 90 minutes of Dynamite was like the best 90 minutes of any TV show I've seen in about a year and a half. Uh, and then it was like, oh, Revolution was just a bit of a letdown. But the Christian thing, Alex has not done this, so uh, so he's exempt for this criticism. The amount of people that were absolutely over the moon to see Christian at the Royal Rumble, they're, they're like, Christian, he's shite. It's <laughs> <was> like, no, <laughs> she said it was amazing a month ago. <laughs> absolutely infuriating, but I just, uh, I don't mind that I quite, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited for Christian in AEW because I get the full legend Christian thing. However, again, I'm going to go back to how we've seen it used before. I think WWE would have never gave Christian the right platform for a final run. Uh, so I'm, I, And I think there's a lot of stuff he can do in AEW. And the, the announcement thing, I get it. You know, uh, Paul White said, Hall of Fame worthy person. I think that was the perfect build because who's more Hall of Fame worthy yeah. that's not in a Hall of Fame than Christian? Apart I, from The Undertaker and The Rock. I just, I just um, don't think he was a bigger signing than Big Show, if you know what I mean. I oh, come on. <laughs> Actually, no, you're probably right there. <laughs> I think, like, I think, I think Big, Big Show is gonna, bigger. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Big Show's gonna, I think Big Show's going to contribute more to the product as well because he's doing mm-hmm. the commentary stuff and I think he's going to be more of a big name around it. But... I also just say, uh, I love the fact that, and I'm going to say that John Moxley knew about it, but the interview that I had with John Moxley, he's like, oh, my dream signing would be Christian. 
It's like, see if you knew about that. Yeah. <laughs> of course he knew about it, Gary. Uh, you'll hear that interview a bit later on in the show. And of course, Moxley knew that, of course. Um, what We'll come over to you then, Gary, for your buddies and putovers from the show. What, what are you thinking? Well, because I've said the show was terrible, I feel like I, I'm obliged to give a putover. Sting returning in that full match. I love, I'm a massive Sting fan, always have been, obviously. And you guys know I'm a massive Darby Allen fan as well. Yeah. Even though I'm a massive Taz fan, and I think Ricky Starks and, you know, Cage and, and Powerhouse Hobbs have, have all the potential in the world. I've always kind of been like, oh, there's something a wee bit missing there. Like, they've got this potential is definitely raw potential, but they're not quite getting me. Um, but I just thought they were outstanding in the match as well. Everything about it was brilliant. I've, like I said, you know, I've said to you is that I've stayed up all night to to watch it. Um, do the I probably wouldn't have stayed up if it wasn't for the Sting match. I'll say that as well. But uh, I stayed up to watch that and do the the post media call. Press the button straight away in the post media call, hoping to get Tony Khan to ask him about what's going to be the next buddy. Um, <laughs> whoever gets that short straw. Uh, but I was like, I'll get to ask Tony Khan about that. Darby Allen was up first, and I got the question in with him first, and um, I asked him about the the cinematic match. Everybody's gone, oh, how good was it working with Sting? I was like, I actually want to know how much involvement he had in the match because I know that he is a filmmaker, and he said that he was responsible for ninety percent of it done a lot of the producing, a lot of the directing and then when Tony Khan was on, he was asked about it and he said that a lot of the stuff that Darby Allen done in that, you know, I, I don't know specifically if he meant the window spot or like what he meant specifically, but apparently Darby Allen was taking like the insane bumps that we saw him taking and then shouting cut and saying, I need to do that again because it wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, Darby absolutely amazing. Going through it and then it's just like Brian Cage being like, for fuck's sake, Darby, we've done it once. Uh, but th- that match for me, like, if I, like I'm not going to go back and watch that pay per view at all. But I'm definitely going to go back and watch that match. Oh, yeah, Thought it was absolutely I'm outstanding. Because I'd, I'd like to say, are we going to get Brian Cage versus Christian Cage in the battle of who gets to use the name Cage at some point? <laughs> and Hangman Page and Ethan Page, oh, and in a cage match, in a cage match, get all in a cage match. Amazing. It's a right to start itself. It writes itself. Brilliant. Can we put Page in as special referee? Brilliant. Yeah, that's it. Fantastic. Cage versus Cage with Page in a cage. Amazing. I love it. I love it. Does Diamond Dallas Page fit into this? Oh, <laughs> on comms, we'll put Diamond Dallas Page on comms. Funnily enough, on the on the post show as well, Hangman was one of the guys that was up, and somebody properly pottered about and asking him, like. Uh, 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 and then they eventually got a question out that was just what do you think of the new signings and he was like love Christian uh, Ethan Page is a piece of shit for having my surname and then he's like no no really he's my cousin and we're meeting at where Father Diamond's house uh, later while you're having a whiskey stand of course but, uh, <laughs> love that love that um, new Mark new age Mark I've forgotten your tag name already so <laughs> uh, what did you what did you guys make of the, the match or the, the pay-per-view sorry so I'm I'm a bit on the fence like I loved seeing Sting back and the cinematic match was great but you've got to bear in mind that you had fans in attendance and I think that the cinematic match ages has to die at some point. You had people that paid good money to sit and watch it on a screen for half an hour. Like, 
it was absolutely brilliant. It was well produced. There was no one happier to see Sting back than me. Like I've, I've met the man, you know. Oh, here it is. There we go. There I'm, it I'm is. a huge Sting fan. But if if you'd thought to yourself, I've paid a hundred dollars to sit in an arena to watch it on TV, you'd be raging. The the fans were promised a street fight. They got one on TV. Yeah, like, that, that's my gripe. It's a really good point, Paul. A really really good. Uh, point. And also, like I. Like so, I kind of get it. Well, they had that match in the spot it was in to set up that ring, but then obviously you look at how long it must have took them to set up the ring for it to do what it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rico, did you 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 didn't catch much of it, did you? Nah, it was more highlights than anything else. And yeah. there's if are, are we are we ending the Covers and Buries now? I, I, yeah, I can, think we've got. I think you, you know can, we're, we've got to talk about the elephant in the room. We haven't <laughs> talked about it yet. Let's go for it. The ending to the pay per view. Everyone's seen it. Wow. So I, I learned. I learned a new word recently, and that word is anticipointment. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it's it's pretty obvious what it means. You know, hype gets built around something for so long, and um, it builds and it builds and it builds, and then ultimately, what happens disappoints. And they've they've got to have they'll be they'll have a job explaining what happened on Dynamite, which is like thinking about it not a very aptly named show. Now um, <laughs> they've got they've got to explain what happened with uh, with Eddie Kingston. Like, did he just kind of did he die of embarrassment in the middle did of the he, ring did after he have some that, kind or of seizure from the surprise of, of <laughs> or that, the explosion yeah, yeah. that he couldn't quite get up again? So they've explained everything but the Eddie Kingston thing, and I know they're going to repeat it on Dynamite, but Tony Khan was obviously asked several times about it. Not as angry as he did when he asked several times about Matt Hardy's not a concussion a few months well, I mean, ago. It's, it's the kind of thing that don't put yourself in the position of having this type of match if you, if you can't get the finish right. That's that's the thing at the end of the day. It's not that. Without the, without the countdown and the quote-unquote explosion at the end the match would have been fine as a standalone um, but apparently the, the explanation and it's already came out that this is completely kayfabe even though Tony Khan tried to say that it was planned this way he said that um, that in kayfabe the, the the thing the reason for it not exploding is because Kenny Omega built the ring and obviously isn't very good at building the ring and his plan was written out in crayon and stuff like that so that is the you know kayfabe thing that he said the non-kayfabe thing that he said was that that was the storyline that allowed them to be able to do that match because you can't have an explosion where the two guys don't get blown up. And it's like, we've seen it a lot. You just add like a lot of smoke effects or whatever. You can you can do a lot of things around the ring and make it look like the ring has exploded without exploding the ring. You can also even do the thing where you have airbags under the ring and have the ring actually implode while it explodes. Like, there's so much they can do, but he kind of blamed on that there's only so much you can do in terms of not killing the guys. However, it then uh, came out for Dave Meltzer, um, who <laughs> obviously didn't give away any of AEW's big surprises, but um, but had this information a day later on is always reliable AEW stuff for no reason whatsoever. Uh, he said that Kenny Omega was absolutely raging because it didn't go to plan and that apparently there was a big explosion planned. They had, a, and he called it a bomb, which obviously is a work name because it's not going to be an <laughs> actual bomb. bomb uh, uh, but he said that, that they did have a bomb and they did rehearse the spot that, you know, the explosion happened and apparently it did go really well. And then when it came to crunch time, it 
didn't go off and it was a dud bomb. So, oh, man. like Eddie Kingston didn't respond a bit differently. Like, if Eddie Kingston had like got up and like looked around and looked really confused, and then be like, Well, that was shit or something, and then like started saving Moxley or something, you could have maybe got away with it a bit more. But just Eddie lying there on top of him for like a minute was just really weird. Yeah, yeah, I saw, I, I saw a clip of John Moxley after the show when he was talking to the fans and he's sending them all home happy and everything, and he he wasn't very um wasn't very impressed with it either yes i can't remember his exact words but he said no i can't remember his exact word but he said it was shit basically <laughs> he also it was um i think that's where tony can got the explanation from because he also said uh, kenny omega is hard as nails but he can't build a bomb for shit or can he build an exploding ring for shit and then that kind of gave the big farewell speech interestingly uh, and I'm only noting it because AEW is one of the companies that doesn't do this very often. Uh, but anybody that's been putting up a video of the exploding ring thing happening, uh, they've been filing copyright claims on Twitter. Uh, and they did put out the after video on their own as well. Uh, but just interesting because they don't yeah. normally stop people from putting up clips. They're not really hard on their copyright. So. Oh, how Vince will be sitting across the road pissing himself <laughs> laughing. Jesus. Oh my god, you imagine. I really want to see this explosion now, though. Now that we've been talking about it, I want to see this explosion, and we never will. So, somebody put up a video on Twitter of what it should have looked like, and it's the best video I've ever seen. And it has like proper special effects. Of I saw, I saw someone's done it properly, put CG <laughs> over it. It was amazing, amazing. Uh, so yeah, um, bit of a damp squib then. Um, revolution as a whole for pay per view is the kind of viewpoint, I'm guessing. Um, let's move on then chronologically, and we'll move on to our final buddy and put over, and that is Raw from last night, Gary. Aye, so I feel like it'd be remiss of me not to mention something before I go into the Raw um, putovers and biddies. And one is just the fact that they decided to end Raw with an explosion. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you've acted quickly at least to do that. <laughs> they decided to have the, the, the ring uh, just like flames uh, everywhere, which was good. Uh, but first putover, I mentioned them last week. I need to mention them again. Bobby Lashley. Uh, I've been saying that they've got the presentation imperfect. They've actually tweaked the presentation and gave them a full new entrance, um, and it just looks amazing. They've, they, they have everything goes black, then the gold kind of flashes across the full arena, the weird hologram thing that they can do now, and then lightning coming down, just everything, and then the almighty flashes on screen where I'm literally looking like God. Uh, it just is brilliant. But they've, you know, they've kept the Hurt Business music, which is great because it's right. amazing. Like my question do you think they're going to distance them from the hurt business which they really shouldn't because that's been the best thing on raw probably for the last the last since the start of the year so interestingly they've been keeping him with mvp but they've not really shown him as part of the four for a while on screen he's right. been you know backstage photos and stuff like that and promotional stuff um but they've not actually done anything with that um however we've got uh them doing the, the heart business thing, but not like as an actual close-knit team. Like Bobby Lashley isn't always surrounded by people. I think that's by design for now because, you know, I mentioned it last week, they might find it hard not to have people cheer him. And if they had him facing The Miz last night, then having The Miz outnumbered eh, is a bit risky, even though they can control all the, the cheers and boos anyway. But uh, they've not had them. Uh, the one thing I'll say is I think they're going to definitely not split the Hurt Business before WrestleMania because WrestleMania is called Back in Business, uh, which is obviously relating to the fans and stuff, but I think it is also a wee play on the fact that Lashley's going to be one of the 
17 main events that they've got in the show. Uh, but I lastly just everything about him look brilliant. And even the match, you know, I don't know why they've done a rematch with Miz anyway, because rematches aren't a thing anymore. Uh, but he still looks strong in that. So really good. I just double that. I've just sat and watched Lastly's new entrance during during Gary's speech there. And yeah, the beginning is terrific. It's got like lightning bolts coming down from the sky. <laughs> yeah. They've actually made them look like God. Like yeah, it's fucking great. Almighty thing, like so literally, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. And then with MVP as a mouthpiece alongside him, I think that, that, that should really, really work. So looking forward to the... Uh, we all want to see Brock versus Lashley. That's what we want to see. That's the big money match, whether that happens or not. We'll wait and see. Uh, obviously, we've speculated that he might turn up at Fastlane, but hmm, will it happen or not? Um, what are you bu- uh, burying this week, Gary? So, Raw is a three-hour show, and it's, you know, it can drag on quite a bit. I think we've, uh, we've all got used to that. The pacing of the show was really good. The pacing of everything apart from one part of the show was really good. The one part of the show where it was not good, sadly, was three segments. And the, the last part of those segments was one of the worst things I've seen in wrestling in fucking years. Uh, we spoke about Shane McMahon, Braun Strowman a couple oh. of weeks ago and, and last week. And it has definitely gone ahead to a Shane McMahon, Braun Strowman WrestleMania match. And I do think we'll st- I think it's going to be like a street fight or something, the last man standing, something that's going to be really exciting or would be really exciting by like a heel Braun and a face Shane maybe, I think. So to try and make <laughs> to try and make Shane McMahon look like a heel, what they thought was the best thing to do was have Braun Strowman say, I'm going to go and ask for a match. Oh, no, wait, I don't ask for it. And I'm going to go and demand a match in a backstage segment. Seemed really clunky anyway. Went to the ring. Shane McMahon came to the ring. Really slowly walked to the ring. Walks up to Braun Strowman. Says, I'm sorry. Walks out of the ring. Walks to the stage, turns around, doesn't he say it on his microphone even while his music stopped, walks backstage. Then we have Adam Pearce saying to Shane McMahon, what was that about? Have you got something to say to Braun Strowman? Aye, get him to go to the ring. So without arguing, Braun Strowman goes to the ring. <laughs> Shane McMahon walks very slow to the ring. Shane McMahon goes into the ring, starts cutting a promo on Braun Strowman really slowly. Still doesn't get to the point. To the point where you don't actually know what Shane McMahon's saying. Much like the way I'm pussyfooting around actually getting to the point on what this Barry is, because the full thing is a Barry. He doesn't actually say anything for about, I think it lasted eight minutes. And obviously that doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's two people talking, it's a long time. Eight minutes of Shane McMahon, no getting to the point. To get to the point, and the point is, Braun Strowman's stupid. That's it. Eight minutes to call Braun Strowman stupid. So uh, it's, uh, it was just like, it felt like two and a half hours of Raw. It made the rest of the show feel really good and really fresh because this one thing was so bad and so long and so drawn out that it was just the worst thing ever. And even like Fightful, like I, I woke up and I read my emails and I was like, right, I'm not too asked if I find it a spoiler because I don't think anything major is going to have happened. Uh, so reading Fightful Select update, and they phrased it in the best possible way because they said, for anyone who was concerned about Shane McMahon's health and how badly he delivered that promo, he's completely fine it is to try and get him over as a heel. So essentially, what I'm taking for it is that they've said to Shane McMahon, go out there and get Braun Strowman over as a babyface. And Shane McMahon's went, well, I will make Braun Strowman look like Paul Heyman-esque as a promo 
by being Mike Adamley like on the microphone because they just couldn't get his words out. And it was, and I feel bad saying that because we know Mike Adamley now had concussion issues, uh, but it was just horrendous. Actually, it was so bad that I would tell people to go back and watch it, but make sure that you watch it on a, a device that you can kind of skip through a wee bit. But go back and watch it because I can't believe it went on TV. <laughs> it is, it's so like, and it's not like the most horrendous thing because it's just a promo, but it was just bad. Right. <laughs> so bad. Right. Well, I look forward to seeing how bad that is. It's like car, watch a car crash, it sounds like. Um, anything else to put over from the show? I've got one final tiny berry, and I don't need to say much else apart from it. Reginald done the same thing he done in SmackDown. Right, okay. So just uh, go, go back and listen. Skip like three minutes back and listen to Bronze uh, talking to, to get my Reginald berry. Right, right. <laughs> final put over wasn't even on Raw. It was on Raw Talk, which nobody's going to watch. But oh, if, you go on the, uh, if you go on the WWE's social media channels, which is how I've seen it because I don't even watch Raw Talk, Peyton Royce cut a brilliant promo as we've seen lots of people do on Raw Talk and Talking Smack uh, when they don't have much in the way of uh, actual scripting and just have bullet points. So we had uh, Peyton Royce cutting a promo about how she's not getting used. We can see that, so it's true, which is, you know, the basis of all good promos. She cut a promo that followed up on weirdly something her mum tweeted last week, uh, which I think they've taken that and made it a wee bit of work. So her mum tweeted about Charlotte Flair saying, you know, why they, why, are they, why are they always going back to that? Why do they not just give other people a chance? And Peyton Royce's full thing was about her moving from Australia to, to America, working really hard. Um, and her choice of words was genius because she's like, why don't they let me go? Which... If you hear those words, it's like, oh, she's asking for a release. Really in the context of the promo, I think she was actually just saying, why don't they let me go out there and go, like show what I can do. Uh, but it was really smart wording. She got really emotional through it as well, which looked real, which I think is, again, why we don't really see these promos on TV because it's hard to make them real if you're in the spot where you're on TV and <laughs> getting the time to cut a brilliant promo. Uh, but it was just a really good promo. It was like Mustafa Ali-esque or Daniel Bryan-esque or Cesaro-esque or any <laughs> any of the underutilised talents I've seen cutting an amazing promo-esque. Um, so I would say just go back and watch that. It's like two minutes on WWE's social media account and it's absolutely brilliant. Right. Props to Peyton Royce's Ma for inspiring that <laughs> promo then. <laughs> Let's say uh, Peyton Royce's Ma and Mrs. Da versus Young Bucks Da and um, <laughs> Prince Ma. Oh, no, there you go, that's the cross brand. Uh, and match uh, of the night um, is really simple. Said it last week, Drew V. Sheamus. Oh, did they rematch, do a rematch on it? They done a superb rematch, which was like no disqualification, hunnels of weapons. Both of them came out of it looking, you know, like they had been battled on social media. However, the ending that they done <laughs> almost was a bury because they both lifted the staircase to their head, put their head in the wee triangle bit of the staircase and ran at each other. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still really entertaining. It was just a bit dumb. <laughs> it was still entertaining. Yeah, that's exactly how a and Irishman fight them. A bit dumb. So. But it was a good match, so I don't care how bad the ending was. Although we've kind of buried the AEW here for that. So, where do you think it leaves Drew for WrestleMania? I mean, because obviously I thought it was the match, but for WrestleMania, I mean, are they going to? They're not get draw out to WrestleMania this feud. Do you think? I still think we might get the Brock triple threat at WrestleMania, but I might. I think I'm clinging on to hope more than actually using my head there. Um, but if that's the case, the reason I'm kind of thinking more of that is because I thought we'd get the match we saw last night at Fastlane. 
I do think we're probably still going to get it at fast lane because there was a no contest, but I, I thought we'd get Drew and Lashley at last lane and then last lane, fast lane, uh, and then get the, the full Brock thing in a triple threat. But I think I'm overstating the Peacock deal because if anyone's seen the terms of the Peacock deal, they're humming uh, and you don't actually get much of the WWE network when you go to Peacock. So we get a much better deal on that. So I'm now thinking that uh, that I'm, I've overhyped Fastlane by thinking Lesnar's going to be there and he's probably no. So I think we're probably just going to get Seamus Drew, Fastlane, and then Seamus Bobby. Uh, Seamus Bobby. Uh, Drew Bobby at WrestleMania. Right. Okay. Interesting. Well, uh, that was it for this week. I had an extended brain put over as we took Revolution into account. Um, thank you very much to the newly formed tag team of the, the New Age Mark Laws. Have I got that right? Aye. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, so thanks very much, Paul. Thanks very much, Rico. Um, if you want to get your buddies and put overs in for Rab and Grado, it is very easy to do that. You can tweet us. Uh, at Wrestling Daft, get us on Instagram at Wrestling Daft Podcast or just Wrestling Daft on the Facebook. Gentlemen, thank you very much. If you're listening to this podcast and enjoying it, why not get signed up to our Patreon service so you can get more content from Wrestling Daft? Um, we've got three tiers set up. Um, just give us what you can. We've got a £3 a month cruiserweight uh, tier. We've got a £7.70 intercontinental champion tier. Or you can go up to the heavyweight champion, which is about £15. On those tiers, you get various different levels of content. You'll get a bonus podcast where me... Alex and Gary are going to be doing a dafties with over over a couple of beers this weekend. Uh, you'll get a video version of the show. Uh, you'll get invites to our Patreon pay-per-view parties. We're going to be doing that for WrestleMania. We'll have um, a quiz on the go before that as well, I think. Um, early episode access, ad-free versions. There's different levels of content up there. So all you need to do, if you love the podcast, you like the chat from both us guys and Rab and Grado, head on now to patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. That's patreon.com, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash wrestling daft. Uh, you'll get more content from us um, just by paying what you can. So please do that. Join the roster and we'd love to have you on board. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the wrestling news with Gary Cassidy. Gary, let's start off with AEW. We're not going to talk about explosions going off. We're going to talk about Christian's move and the effect that has had from, or the response that's had from WWE. Aye, so an interesting one, obviously, because we saw Christian at the Royal Rumble. Uh, a lot of people speculating it signed. Uh, we had PW Insider, they didn't say it signed, so I'll clear, clear that one. They uh, didn't say it in the sort, but they did say that it was backstage and um, after the Royal Rumble and was uh, looking at maybe being in there as a part-time role, bit in ring, you know, bit of production. Raj Giri for Wrestling Inc. then said it was signed, then retracted that statement. Um, 
but obviously there was a lot of kind of heavy, heavy noise around him debuting, which we've seen happen. Wouldn't he, uh, wouldn't he take a genius to work out that this might not have best pleased people in WWE because they've gave him the big, massive push at the Royal Rumble? I believe it was one of the last four at the Royal Rumble, if I remember right. Yep. Made him look absolutely incredible. Obviously, wasn't he under a contract, so didn't he have a, no, a non-compete clause a month later? We see him as a AEW's big signing. So, apparently, um, and this is for Fightful, uh, who obviously always kind of on the button with this kind of thing. Uh, they said that WWE talent were suspicious of the situation because he hadn't signed and because he wasn't under contract. They weren't aware of him signing before Sunday, um, but um, one talent had apparently noted Fightful that they were happy for him as long as he was happy, which we've heard that, that he is kind of a bit, of, you know, a wrestler's wrestler and everybody rates him really highly in the ring and as a person, so that wouldn't really surprise us. Uh, but there was something that was interesting that happened on Renee Paquette's uh, oral sessions, best name for a podcast ever. But Christian actually said that before uh, Wednesday, he he didn't actually sign with AEW. Said that they'd kind of verbally agreed on things, but he didn't know they were going to hype his announcement as such a big thing. And then obviously Paul White mentioned it and he kind of knew it was about him. Uh, which I think, you know, probably the kind of thing you see is a nice surprise. But also Tony Khan on the post show had said that Christian actually reached out to him and said that he wanted to wrestle uh, regularly. So interesting that it wasn't a Tony Khan, you know, making the first move, because he said that it was actually annoyed, because if he'd have known Christian wanted to wrestle, he'd have reached out a long time ago. So, mm-hmm. aye, interesting stuff. AEW delighted. WWE maybe not so much. But, um, but aye. And also on that, actually, uh, Big Show had mentioned the same thing, that um, somebody had asked him, I think it was actually Sean Ross Sapp on the media call when he said that he actually got a phone call for Vince McMahon on the day he signed with AEW, congratulating him, thanking him for his service and wishing him luck. So so there you go, two contrasting ones. Yeah, I mean, you can't imagine that WWE, someone would, someone's not done their job there by going over and approaching Christian. I mean, you can't imagine they'd be happy about letting someone like Christian go. I mean, they could, like we kind of alluded to earlier in the podcast, they could have done loads with Christian and Edge going forward, but, but it remains to be seen how much Edge is going to be active. Um, You'd at least think the Christian thing, like my, my first thing was when he appealed at the Royal Rumble, like I, I wasn't certain that it was going to be like a one-off or a, a, a full kind of not a full-term thing, but a long-term thing. But I, I would have thought that they would have at least been kind of smart enough to have him sign a contract that was like, even if it was for one appearance, right? For this one appearance, you can't do it, and for a set amount of time afterwards, like a, a non-compete of sorts. Because but who would bother signing that? Ah, I suppose like, I mean, well, one yeah. appearance. You had the money, and I guess ah, uh, uh, if there's going to be like a decent amount of money attached, but I'm just like. Man, they could have easily had them on dynamite the week after. <laughs> what I mean, so uh, I just think it's a weird situation. But WWE's loss, AEW's gain. I don't know how much a loss it is for WWE because you know we don't know what it had done there. But I think it's a, a weird situation. And, it, and he's wanted to wrestle regularly as well, so he's yep. going to obviously have a spot on on the show as a, rather than having a part time thing. So I mean, immediately, Alex, is there AEW Mark who would you like to see Christian against on the roster? I just want to see him against Brian Cage now. I want the Battle of the Cages <laughs> in the Cage now that you picked it up. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let, let's make that happen. Let's make that happen. Uh, we'll move on to uh, before we move on to talking about NXT and some news from there. However, um. You've got some news on trademarking from AEW's end, Gary, which is very exciting. 
So we usually hate a trademark. Well, you know, I ran down a big list of them a couple of weeks ago and I, I find nothing more boring than trademarks. Um, however, this one particularly excited me. AEW have filed a trademark for Captain Insano. <laughs> I think it was initially for merchandise and maybe just for kind of protection of the character. I find it odd that that's not currently, you know, I, I guess that is just a, you know, a, a one-off character cameo appearance. So maybe a film company, I think it was, um, what the, what's Adam Sandler's thing? Happy Madison Productions. Uh, I, I'm surprised they've not just got that locked down, but I guess it is just a one-off character. But it's going to be weird unless he wears the wig. That's the one thing I'll say. But even if it's just for merch, I'm buying that t-shirt. If they bring, if they put <laughs> Captain Insano in that t-shirt, I'm buying it. So just, I'm, I'm really excited type, by it. Type Captain Insano with. I'm trying to figure out if the the main photo of him is a very very young Tony Schiavone or not, or if it's someone else. <laughs> I can't. Oh, that's actually. I yeah, just um, if you aren't aware of the work of Captain Insano, he does appear as the big show appearing in the Adam Sandler film, The Water Boy. Um, so go and check that out. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a, a Captain Insano t-shirt would be immense. It, you'd have to buy that. You'd have to buy it. So <laughs> fingers crossed that is going to be Paul White's name in AEW. It will be Paul White, aka Captain Insano. That'd be amazing. Um, we'll wait to see if that happens or not. Um, and we, we talked about it kind of briefly. Two major announcements on its way to NXT this Wednesday, and the cat is out the bag. Well. It's come from Dave Meltzer, so we're assuming this is pretty much gospel. I, I, I mean, again, announcing an announcement, I think, is the biggest downfall. Like Alex mentioned it earlier with the AEW one, because people's minds just run wild, you know. If Christian had just turned up, people would have been like, <laughs> woo, fucking Christian. But it was the way it was done. That was my only problem. Aye, announcing okay. announcements is never a good idea. Um, but, you know, that's one that I think... People have kind of quelled their expectations with what it's going to be. Now we've got two major announcements, though, uh, on NXT. There's the long-standing rumour that NXT is going to move to Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, I should mention, I actually was told that, I, I think it was about a week before Matt Men brought it out, and I reached out to try and clarify it, and one person said, yep, that sounds a bit right, and somebody else said to me, no, that sounds completely wrong. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right. And they kind of clarified it as we think something will happen on a, a Tuesday, but I think it'll probably be the Evolve show. So I'm still a bit mm, on that one. I don't particularly know if it's true or not. I don't think, either way, I don't think it is one of these two major announcements. Um, although they would need to advertise it. That's the one thing. But I don't think it's one of these two major announcements. These look like the one that we spoke about earlier. Women's Tag Team Championships for NXT. Um, and Dave Meltzer reported that, uh, that yeah, they're planning on introducing NXT-specific Women's Tag Team Championships. Why? Why? Yeah, I mean, it's like the, the Women's Tag Team titles have felt like actually been used these last couple of weeks, and it's been cool because they've been bouncing around the shows, and it's added a sense of continuity to the programming that no longer exists now that we've got brand separation. So, it's, I mean, I, I think on its own, it's a good idea, but it's a good idea, maybe a month ago for a start, when they had the Dusty Women's Tag Team Classic. But yeah. it's also a good idea if they don't have Tag Team Championships, which they do. So you could easily just have an NXT team win it and take it to Raw and SmackDown, and then you can even pass it up between the NXT teams. And it would even show, you know, they could do a full storyline for it. 
NXT women can work together because they care about the progression of the brand, uh, the brand. Whereas, you know, when you go to Raw SmackDown, you get too big for your boots and then you can't work with people. They could do it and they could make it absolutely brilliant, but it turns out that they're just, it's, it's going to make me think that the women's tag team championships we have between Raw SmackDown and NXT, which I guess will now no longer be NXT, we'll see. Um, it's going to make them feel like even less than the nothing they already feel like. So, aye, that's interesting. But, the other bit of news, again, I don't know if this is good or bad news. I guess it kind of depends uh, what your your viewpoint is on NXT. NXT TakeOver normally is the week of WrestleMania. Um, we've got quite used to that. Didn't happen last year because everything that changed last minute. This year, we've had a wee bit more time to prepare for it. It looks like we're going to get a TakeOver NXT, uh, NXT TakeOver, sorry, Stand and Deliver, which we mentioned earlier. And that looks like it's going to be WrestleMania week. Not just one night, though. Much like WrestleMania, it looks like it's going to be a two-night NXT takeover. The one wee bit, you know, I always think of the business side things as well. The one wee bit that's smart is it looks like night one is going to be on the USA Network and night two will be the Thursday, the the night following NXT takeover night one, which will just replace the normal programming. uh, And that will be on the Thursday on WWE Network. The interesting part of that is if they're going to move to Tuesdays the week after, Imagine that a normal AEW broadcast beats NXT TakeOver in the ratings. So uh, yeah. that, that, I think that's a risky, risky strategy. And again, it's it's also the kind of thing of how much do you load each night because you want to get people to stay and watch the second night, but the second night's probably going to get watched more than the first night is anyway because it's on a Thursday. So I think it's a really interesting, interesting strategy. Bold strategy. We'll see if it pays off. Tell you what, it's going to be a busy week for wrestling because you're going to have then Wednesday, Thursday, TakeOver Friday, Hall of Fame. You might want to start for the, the Monday as well because we'll have Raw, we'll have a- yeah. AEW Dark Elevation. The Tuesday you've got AEW Dark and Impact. Wednesday you're going to have oh, AEW you. and Night 1 TakeOver, Thursday Night 2. You're going to be a busy boy that week, Gary. I, I, I wouldn't be, uh, be watching it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I probably will be. Probably should take that off work, um, off the day job. But uh, I interesting because also if you think they might fit in a virtual Hall of Fame somewhere. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think they'll be. In, they'll, they'll do that on the Friday night. I suspect they'll do the, the Hall of Fame on the Friday night, and then Jesus, wow. Yeah, I mean, if they can do the Oscars via via VChat, they can definitely do the Hall of Fame. Let's be honest. Yep. And also uh, worth noting, no something that you know it's not going to be at the forefront of our minds here, um, but I think there's also a lot of indie events that are still scheduled or have been rescheduled for WrestleMania mm. week, uh, because obviously there will be fans in, in some capacity in Florida, uh, so it looks like GCW, I know, is running one, uh, at least one, they normally do fucking loads, but I, it looks like there's going to be hundreds of wrestling that week, so, aye, good fun. Fun and games, fun and games. Uh, we're not far away from WrestleMania, and we will be doing loads, obviously, around the event as well and um, thank you very much for the news as ever gary cheers okay we promised it last week we didn't deliver on it last week but we're delivering it on this week and um, it's what happened when gary caught up with john moxley but we've had to highly edit this because uh, basically a lot of the stuff that he talked about was out of date because he talked about revolution which has been and gone however do stand by to hear one of the greatest questions that Gary's ever asked a wrestler as he asks John Moxley to compare uh, matches to uh, music. Brilliant. Here it is, John Moxley with Gary. 
So, hi, John. First things first, congratulations on your impending fatherhood and, of course, your recent blood sport victory. I know you're no stranger to brutal encounters, and the last time I spoke to you, a fan had just run at you at full gear and you dressed in what looked like hell or the sun or inside a cooker. So I know you might be feeling a bit better than that. How are you feeling? Is everything all good? Yeah, really good. Just uh, walking out of the gym. Got to make the donuts, man. Got to work hard to play on yeah, definitely. And one thing I need to ask you, as a Scotsman, um, you know, AEW is obviously loved on this side of the pond. I think in, in the UK, it was, you know, the, the first premiere of AEW made it the most popular show in, in, in the UK. Uh, Cody Rhodes has been vocal about wanting to come over and perform in front of the crowds here, uh, saying it's a kind of make or break for talent. Why do you think it's so important to get AEW talent over in front of Scottish and British crowds? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was in the works. We were going to do a little, uh, I don't think that's a secret. We were going to do a little trip over to the UK over the summer, I think. You know, uh, I was going to be going back and forth there a couple times before the pandemic to, you know, uh, to various parts of Europe, you know, because uh, they're just past, such passionate wrestling crowds over there. Uh, you know, I used to really love the European tours. They're like my favorite thing to do, go to all the different towns, you know, the Glasgow's and London and towns like that where it's just wild crowds. And, you know, I think because they don't – because we're not coming through on the same frequency uh, as a lot of towns in the United States, you know, that uh, that is really – it's a real special thing when we come through and uh, we get excited to go over there. And uh, it's just a real special thing to – it's kind of hard to put into words. There's just kind of a magic when you go over and wrestle with some of these great European crowds, you know, and, you know, we know a lot of fans over there are watching Dynamite. So we were very excited to, to bring Dynamite live over there and all the different stars of AEW live in a person, but pandemic's kind of slowed everything down, obviously. But uh, I think that would happen probably at the first available opportunity as soon as, uh, the world starts getting a little bit more back to normal and we can have bigger crowds and international travel becomes a more uh, realistic uh, thing logistically and so forth. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You know, it's like another one of those things that just kind of uh, everything kind of had to get put on the back burner for a year. But uh, definitely, definitely going to happen in the future. And I, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it, man. It's, a, it's kind of a special, magical thing when uh, some of these shows in Europe. It's kind of hard to put your finger on, you know. There's just some buildings and some cities around the world, you know, that uh, where it's just there's a certain magic where just wrestling comes alive and the connection with the audience and the product where it's just a real special feeling between the the wrestlers and the fans. And there's many, uh, you know, places like Scotland, you know, on the top of that list and. Uh, you know, I think we're definitely looking forward to going over there. I, I personally am. So hopefully sooner and later. Um, now, one phrase that has been brought up a lot is the forbidden door. Uh, and obviously you're familiar with competing, you know, in AEW, New Japan and Bloodsport recently. We've seen a lot of AEW talents and Impact. Are you actively pushing to do anything with Impact? Or might we even see, you know, Kenny Omega's got Gallows and Anderson. Might we see a certain shooter? come in and help John Moxley in the future? I'd be, uh, I think it's the cool thing, man. The, uh, I think the pandemic kind of, uh, 
made everybody think outside the box a little bit as far as how they do shows and uh, present stuff and, you know, the way we got to film TV and everything. It kind of get it, got everybody to think outside the box a little bit, which, which uh, might help with some of this uh, kind of working together and cross promotion and everything. And I don't think, uh, so I think it's great, man. The uh, work with Impact is great. Uh, if uh, it's an easier thing to facilitate, you know, people coming to uh, back and forth in New Japan or whatever, it's great for for everybody and great for the fans. You know, I don't think, uh, you know, it's cool. Every company has their own certain identity and, uh, the important thing is that all the different promotions keep their identity of like, that's what makes them different. That's what makes the cross promotional matches cool and keeps them like dream matches. Uh, so it's not like anybody's got to be married to each other because it's different promotions with different business plans, do different stuff. But if the, uh, if the situation is just easier to say, Hey, uh, we need a, we need a guy for this certain thing. Who who could come over from Impact? Or uh, we need a certain tag. We need to bring in a tag team from somewhere. Who's New Japan got? Or uh, we're gonna send a young guy over to Japan for a few months just to gain some experience, get different looks, wrestle different styles. You know, I think it could be beneficial for so many different people in so many ways for just uh, it to be like just chill, man. Like it doesn't have to be like some huge business deal or anything like that or some huge invasion angle or anything but when you think of all the possibilities for just cool stuff to happen here and there you know if uh if the quote-unquote doors are open or the bridges are down or whatever i never i i've been going through back and forth of the door whenever i want like that I, I, I would have been in japan like a full schedule of one for the pandemic i already had had a flights booked that fucking matches booked that was already January and February, I was going back and forth, like, constantly. So I would have been doing that the whole year, you know. So I guess it's, I guess it's like, kind of always been open. It's just a matter of uh, what's some cool creative thing we can do and if everybody's cool with it. And uh, possibilities uh, for impact and everything are, are endless, you know. So I could definitely, uh, you know, they got a lot of great talent at impact, you know, a lot of guys I'd like to wrestle, so. I think uh, hopefully the possibilities are possibilities are endless. Hopefully they're all kind of uh, realistic now. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully we'll see Shot at Umino come and uh, help you out as well. But, um, you know, you mentioned a lot of talent sharing there. One man that apparently is a free agent. A, a lot of people aren't sure whether they believe that or not. And you've shared the ring with him as Brock Lesnar. Is he someone you'd like to see in AEW? Do you think AEW could do with a Brock Lesnar? Sure. I doubt that's going to happen, but yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, on the opposite end of that scale, because you've obviously worked with him, you've worked with Chris Jericho, a lot of the massive names, but one thing you've not been shy about in AEW is working with younger talent, you know, and even, you know, lesser known talent like John Cruz recently and, and Nick Comoroto, uh, even like Fabio Andre and, and the likes of them. Has anyone really caught your eye that you're like, damn, the, the fans need to see more of this person, they need to get a, a bigger spotlight? Uh, yeah, and you know, I get asked the question all the time, and uh, you know, there's the obvious ones, you know, like the the guys are kind of building as young stars, like the MJFs and the Guevara's and the the Darbies and so forth. Uh, you know, uh, Will Hobbs has got a lot, I think, to bring to the table. Uh, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna take off and uh, 
when it when it hits with him, it'll hit. You know, you'll be like, oh yeah, he's got definitely got something that I can see. But I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you a guy though that I'd say probably is at the top of that list is uh, Ricky Starks. Yeah, Ricky Starks is right there already. And I got an opportunity to work with him a little bit and kind of see his uh, his mindset and the way he. Uh, his maturity level and so forth. And uh, obviously he's got the, the talent and the ring and the charisma and all that stuff, you know, certain package he brings to the table. But uh, from my experience uh, working with him at Tad, you know, I think he's got the brain and the mindset is already there too. Like to me, he's already there. He's already ready. So I think Ricky Starks is going to be uh, – Ricky Starks is going to climb the ladder uh, faster than uh, you might have expected if you don't, uh, if you're not paying attention. Yeah, definitely. And I've got two final questions uh, I want to ask. You've obviously been in the AEW locker room for a couple of years now. You've been in a load of other locker rooms. If you could bring one talent to AEW, who would you bring in? To pick like completely out of the box fringe guy, I'd say one would be uh, Masashi Takeda from Big Japan. And uh, obviously Harry Smith, yeah. you know, I uh, uh, just wrestled him uh, and knocked down, drag out, fucking nasty wrestling wrestling match with him this past weekend that uh, I was was super fun and uh, really enjoyed it and uh, that was pretty dope. You can check that out on a uh, good uh, it's on Fight, Fight TV, TV. Great, uh, yep. service for uh, all the fans over there in Scotland. You know, I think that's how we watch uh, Dynamite and Patriots over there. Yep. So definitely check out Bloodsport Five on uh, on Fight TV. It was one of my favorite uh, favorite matches recently, and something uh, I was pretty uh, had a lot of fun doing. I was really excited about. It. It's a pretty cool show. It really flies by in about ninety minutes. You watch the whole show, uh, just pure. Pure, violent, in-your-face wrestling, top to bottom. Uh, no, I was really, really, really happy with uh, – I hadn't seen it, but uh, the uh, nobody, nobody was there because it was an empty warehouse, you know, which it was pretty cool, actually, for uh, – some of this empty arena wrestling can be tough, uh, but for the blood sport style and the aesthetic and the, the – you know, if there's anything built for an empty arena situation, kind of blood sport, it fits – so definitely check that Bloodsport Five. You know, it's pretty. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I think you'll definitely enjoy it. Uh, yeah, so Harry, you know, Takeda, and uh, I'll tell you, a guy I'd like to see here is uh, Christian. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I don't know what his. Uh, you know, I don't know if he just if that was a one off for him in the Royal Rumble or what is. Uh, you know, but that he look. He looked freaking good to me. Looked like he was in great shape. He looked sharp, man. And I tell you, he's one of the guys that's uh, – and the, the wrestlers know it more so than, than anybody. Christian is so good. Like, he's like – his brain and his execution and his mind for, for wrestling is just like next level. The first time we worked with him, you know, we were uh, – we come in and we're doing these six-mans with the shield and, you know – we're like really pushing the pace and, you know, we're making, trying to make them have the most exciting matches. And, you know, we're pushing these guys to like all these dream team guys, you know, we're pushing them to be like, no, let's do another thing and another thing. Let's add more to it and do another save and another thing. And let's do a triple this or whatever. And we're, we're really pushing the pace 
a little, you know, I'm like thinking like, all right, yeah, nobody can keep up with us. This is awesome. And then, uh, then we work with Christian one night. And I remember me and Seth looking at each other going, damn, Christian is good. <laughs> Christian made us feel like, damn, he's like, we thought we were really fucking good. He's like next level. So like, and the, the people who work with him know in the industry, you know, his, his respect level is huge. The things that he could do with the, the wrestlers at AEW and the, the, all the creative kind of uh, freedom, but, you know, taking things to a next well, – there's no uh, hindrance on anything creatively, you know, here, obviously. We're having a freaking exploded death match, you know. So <laughs> the, things, the things Christian could do at AEW would be – I would be extremely excited to see that. That would be, that would be probably my number one dream guy. Yeah, most definitely. And I appreciate you've taken so much time to talk to me. I re- I'm really thankful for that. I've got one last question that I would like to squeeze in. I recently watched yourself and your wife, Renee, uh, doing your, uh, her oral sessions podcast. And she compared being in bed with John Moxley to the song Easy Like a Sunday Morning. What song would describe the exploding barbed wire death match with Kenny Omega. It's interesting, you know, and wrestling can be like, uh, like music in a lot of ways. That's why it's cool to see different, uh, different opponents kind of mixed with different guys and you get different, a different combustion and different types of matches, you know, like a lot of the, a lot of the classic Kenny Omega matches are like, you know, uh, like classical music, like, symphonies very detailed uh long form pieces of art you know and uh me a lot of it is you know like uh like my match with harry this weekend would be like thrash metal like three minutes in your fucking face anthrax slayer like aggressive fucking get the shit done oh pedal to metal so when you combine our our those two things and you create a combustion of like the you know you get something entirely new and that's kind of uh, what will uh, what has transpired with us in the past, and what will uh, will happen on pay per view. I think you know whatever that type of music would be. I, I would think it would be like for me, it'd probably be somewhere different than it would probably play different in my head than it would to some of the people watching. To some of the people watching, it might be like the. Uh, the soundtrack from Psycho or something when the chick's getting stabbed in the shower. Like, ah! Oh, God. Run <laughs> away from the screen. Uh, but for me, you know, especially when I get, you know, I listen to music before matches, you know, it's important for me to kind of get in the right headspace depending on the scenario and what the story is and where I'm at character-wise. I might listen to different types of music to get where I need to be at differently for different types of matches you know for a match with eddie kingston where it's this real personal deep thing i might listen to a certain thing or for a different type of match i might listen to a different thing but for something like this you know and just in general you know i'm not always just like listening to like slayer and pantera before a match to get all hyped up and aggressive you know because that's not where i need to be at all the time you know Sometimes I listen to more like fun music or more just like uh, lighthearted stuff to get uh, 
because I want to just like get in a good mood and get loose and start moving around. And like, if I get to like where I'm almost like dancing, like while I'm warming up, like, and I'm really in the zone, that's when I'm like usually at my best and my most aggressive and my most violent. So the stuff I listen to right before the match usually wouldn't be what you would think I would listen to. That makes any sense. Yeah, if I take away one thing, I would just write a quick headline of John Moxley listens to Taylor Swift before matches, something like that. Um, no, like, cause that's no. But, uh, <laughs> like, I think, uh, like, there's that good, like, uh, or like something like, like white lines, Grandmaster yeah. Flash, or whatever. You know what I mean? Where I'm just like, yeah, just kind of getting loose, you know? Some, uh, some Nog Barkley or something, or some. Uh, some Dr. Dre, some you know, just uh, you know, something to get the get the, some like getting the dance floor moving type music. Sometimes is uh kind of gets me in the flowy right headspace to just go out there and you know stab somebody in the face with a sharp <laughs> object. Thank you so much, John. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Can't wait to see you. Hopefully, beyond that match, hopefully you'll still be going after it ends as well. Thank you so much, and have a great night. I totally, man. Thank you. <laughs> So uh, that's it for this week's show. Hope you enjoyed the chat. Remember, get us up the iTunes chart by rating, reviewing, subscribing on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Not that it matters. We're, the last time I checked, we 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 we, we fare okay uh, in certain countries. Like we're num we're number twenty in Canada or something. I do, the, there's an email I get sent every week from uh, Chartable saying like you're really big in Costa Rica or something like that I, I don't believe it but I'm just I, let's just do a quick uh, check of the charts and see where we're at with wrestling daft across the world he's ready for this boys I'm ready to hear all about I, relationship I, I, in Costa Rica yes. I think you should uh, tell us where we are in like Colombia then and see if it goes up or down after your coffee rant okay so here we go um, in, in, in the UK wrestling daft is the 21st most listened to wrestling podcast. Wow. In Canada, we're 219. Yes. <laughs> and it's, get this, in Australia, we're big. We're number the 61st most listened to wrestling podcast in Australia. Thanks very much to Daniel, who holds up the Australian end for us. Uh, and in Ireland, we're, we're number 63. But there you go. We're, we're all over the world with this podcast and you can get us up the charts in the likes of Australia and Canada by please leaving, leaving a review uh, and subscribing uh, and if you are uh, listening in foreign coins please let us know on Twitter so we can give you a big mention on the show well, and make sure to tell us how much you dislike Gary's accent because apparently that is par for the course yeah, now no, when it comes to likes Gary's accent nah. my, my, my issue accent is worse than a Paul Cruz work accent which is uh, <laughs> I because of our Australia fame, I think we should get a t-shirt that says over, down, under. That is a brilliant t-shirt. We should definitely get that. The 63rd best <laughs> wrestling podcast in Australia. Um, so thanks very much for listening. Uh, remember, you get Rab and Gradle on the main show this Friday. A uh, list of wrestling daft in homage, in homage to um, the terrible finish at AEW Revolution. I thought we'd put up the best finishes to a match versus the worst finishes to the match. And as usual, what do you think won the vote? The worst, because everybody loves shiting on everything. Absolutely, <laughs> of course it was. So you can vote, you can tell us what you want to see feature on the list of wrestling daft for that. Um, I, I don't think you're getting 
you're going to beat Revolution for a shy hint a match. Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins. Bray Wyatt, Goldberg. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, Bray Wyatt. Let's see a theme here. Jeff Hardy Sting. Oh, aye, Jeff Hardy Sting. That, is, uh, that didn't have a start or a middle of the match, but the end of the match <laughs> was, was the worst ever. Right, there's a lot to choose from then. Uh, so you get Rab and Grado in on the, the main show this Friday. Gentlemen, thank you very much, as ever, for joining me on The Marks. Um, we'll get you next week, and until next time, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.